Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. Today on the show, we're going to talk again with Justin Addison. We had an episode with him on episode three, and we talked to him then about a buck that he was looking for during the summertime. Well, this episode, we're going to talk to him about that same buck and what he's going to try to do to hopefully tag him within the first week. We also hit on a lot of other things like how he's got his stand set up, his wind, what winds he needs to hunt, and his scent and some other stuff. And guys, go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or Anchor, any one of those platforms. Get on there, subscribe, like it. That way you can get all the episodes. Let's get it. All right. This is episode number nine, I think. I think that's what we're on. And uh, yep. we got Justin back with us. We did a We did an episode with him. I think back on episode three, and uh, it was a really great episode. We talked a lot about kind of what Justin does and what his plans are going to be for for this season. And uh, welcome back, Justin. Ah, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Glad to be back. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot's happened yeah. since the last one. It is. It's uh, it's it's pretty exciting, man. We got a lot going on. Everything's happening. We got dove seasons done coming in, which I don't I don't yeah. care nothing for that really. Uh, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a wing shooter. It's just <laughs> just not my not my cup of tea. The only thing I want to shoot that flies is a turkey. That's right, and and I don't want to shoot them when they fly. I want them on the ground. Yeah, me neither. Me too. <laughs> me. Too. But yeah, we got doves coming in. Football it's football season. Everything. This yeah. is when it all starts, and and we got. A few more days before deer season. We got what three, two, three, four days left, and yeah, I got a couple of days before deer season comes in, and opening week, opening day of Georgia bow season. So I am fired up. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm pretty excited. So uh, last time we talked, um, I think we talked about we talked about all kind of stuff. We talked about scent and wind and a deer you might be hunting, uh, what you got. So what you got uh, going on now since the summer is pretty much over with. So right now I have focused all my, all my attention pretty much to a deer that we talked about last time. I don't, I can't remember last time if I'd have said if, if I'd had, if I had pictures of him or not at that time, but. Anyway, it's a deer, Shorty B, that we talked. I know we talked about him on the last episode we've done. And Anyway, Shorty B is back with another deer last year that I called Yes Man. Just I just name on the first thing that pops in my head, so some of my names are kind of stupid. But uh, Shorty B has showed back up with a deer called Yes Man, and Shorty B has absolutely – I mean, he was nice last year, and he was a lot bigger last year than he looked on the camera, on the trail cam pictures, but this year he is he blew up. Just uh, he's a stud. Nice. Um, is he coming in? You got him coming in pretty regular. Yeah. When it um, and this is this is a, probably a pretty good thing to realize. We I started feeding him right after me and Ryan had did that first podcast. The only thing I checked the first round of cameras, or it was right there when we started. Um, but yeah, I started feeding him. He was coming in like <clears throat> probably every tenth day. He would show up. Actually, the first time he showed up, there was nothing for him to eat. He just he came and he poked around and he sniffed around looking for whatever was there. But so um, I was kind of 
shocked to get him on camera. He was at the very end. There was 2,500 pitchers, and he was the last 15 or 20 pitchers on that card. So that was awesome. But um, started feeding him, started putting feed. I was like, oh, man, you know, I got to figure out what this deer is doing. So um, my neighbor, which happens to be my stepdad, manages that property. Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast till after he's dead. <laughs> he uh, he had pictures. They had some pictures, and he he, show, he was showing me a couple pictures. And I was like, "Whoa, stop!" I was like, "Man, that's my deer." So it, it at first I was kind of like, "Man, I wish you know he wasn't going over there." But actually, it gave me an idea of what the what he was doing, and that was in July. So a lot of these guys that are big whitetail hunters and know a lot more about deer than than I do talk about how deer's core ranges will will shrink um kind of as as they get into more like as they get closer to fall their their core ranges are kind of shrink and they'll shrink as they get older with age but so i don't know if it had anything to do with me feeding him or he was cutting down that big broad range that he was he was going and kind of shrinking it down because he's getting closer to shedding the velvet and that testosterone levels are starting to rise a little bit, and those bucks are going to start to break up eventually. But so it went from 10 days, then uh, started getting them like every eight days, then five days he started coming every five days. Long story short, the younger buck that he's with, he started staying, he started, they're bedding, they're bedded up, if I had to guess, they're bedded up within 200 yards of where that spot is, and they're staying there all the time. So, long story short, into August, the deer, he, Shorty B, gets smaller and smaller and starts coming sooner and sooner and sooner. And um, he starts, he, he, he's living there again like, like he was last year. He's back living in that small little 65-acre track. And he may venture off and go to another spot, but right now his core area is that that, that I've had pictures of him on. Nice. Has uh. Have you have you seen um, any any bucks starting to shed velvet yet? I have one buck that's directly across the road on another piece of property. It's about fifty acres. One buck last week that has completely shed all his velvet. He's a like a two and a half year old eight pointer, and he's completely shed all his velvet. I'm thinking that by the time, I hope not, but judging by what he did last year. He will shed his velvet this week. Yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed um, um, last year and even the year before. Uh, this is just something that I, I think is interesting. Last year we had, I was hunting that property on the north end of the county that we hunt, and it seemed like, and and where we're at, you know, where I've always hunted has been the south end of the county, and you're hunting on the south side mm-hmm. of the county. But it seemed like all the deer on the south side, they would shed their velvet. And then two weeks, well, really like a week, from a week to two weeks later, that's when the deer on the north end would shed. And that was interesting. I think, you know, I know you've had a lot of people tell you a whole lot of different theories on this. I think that being that close to Alabama, you have – those deer that's more the alabama strand of deer that came from texas and they're just because i i don't i don't recall 100 percent, but i think you were telling me that those deer actually started really chasing and the rut came in a lot yeah. later than it yeah. did here 
first week of um, December. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's just some some um uh, a hybrid of the two two breeds. I don't know. A lot of people might not know this, but they brought deer in to Georgia. Deer were whitetail deer were brought in to increase populations and actually to the yeah. south. So there's a there was like a I know there's several strands. There's like a Texas strand and like a Midwest strand, and the Alabama line is kind of where the 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 midwest strand of deer and the texas strand of deer kind of run together and a lot of spots in georgia as you get closer and closer to alabama because i've hunted i've hunted several places in georgia where the i mean it wouldn't be full-blown the deer wouldn't be full-blown rut until like christmas yeah well that that could be that could be one of those things where they they may have have hit peak estrus like earlier maybe end of november and then some it could be possible that that could be some some does came into estrus on the second cycle yeah. where they didn't get bred well and and at first i thought the same thing but i was hunting this one particular piece of property with some friends and i saw bachelor group bucks beginning of november i'm not talking about like maybe they just coming through together i mean bucks grouped up there was it was four or five different bucks they were nice deer and they were all together beginning of November, like the first, I think it was about like the first two weeks in there somewhere yeah. in November, and the bucks were still grouped in bachelor groups. Yeah, yeah. I think, I've, so, I've always wondered that, though. I've always wondered if, um, I mean, I know the main the main factor that decides when peak estrus is for the does is daylight hours. And then yeah. I think number two is weather being temperature and then but i think there's a lot of other small things that actually factor into it that we probably don't know and i've always wondered if yeah i've always wondered if if the bucks i mean i know the the does are the ones that decide estrus because they're the ones that are in estrus but yeah i've always thought that i wonder if if what time of the year they shed Mm -hmm. it's just weird that i saw a whole different herd of deer and they all started shedding yeah. at a different time, much later date, and then oh, they yeah. like they you know chased at a later date. Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, and like I said, that like that could, you know, I don't. I've never been to Texas and hunted, but you know their rut comes in around Christmas is when their their stuff really starts kicking off over there in Christmas and into January. And Alabama's the same way. And I think that that we just a lot a lot of the things going on around here just you know down here in the south part of the county. I rut is hard to pinpoint because you don't, I mean, it, it's just, it's hard. You don't, the activity is hard to see down here in the south with all, you know, deer got so many places to hide. But um, usually the rut around here in the south end of the county, and I mean, I mean rut like peak. We're talking like the two middle weeks of November. Yeah. Um, somebody will see, somebody will see a buck checking a doe in, in the middle of October and they're like, oh man, they chasing over here. You know, and and the, this is the way I explain it is bucks are, are like guys. We're always yeah. ready. You know, we're, oh, yeah. we're all we're always ready. We'll anytime. But the does are the ones, like you said, that decide the estrus. They're the ones yeah. that only come in, you know, and some does will come in earlier than others. And some does will come in later than others. And yearlings, the yearling does will come in after. And I think 
a lot of times that gets confused with, oh, you know, oh, we're in the second rut right now. I saw a buck chasing, you know, a little doe or something. But and and just you know, that's something good to remember that because I've seen I killed a buck three three years ago, a really nice deer with a rifle, December eighteenth, behind a yearling doe across a wide open field, and he was just. He was right on her heels, grunting. I mean, just grunting and everything. He was, and he ran her all over the place. And, um, you know, but like you said, it, it, it's so down here is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, the, these deer down here just don't it's, know how to yeah, act. Yeah. It's, right. it's hard to, um, it's hard to pinpoint them. And I think that's, that's yeah. why, like you said, I think it's because there's just so much cover and it's that much harder to find them. Yeah. Because a buck, you know, a mature yeah. buck, uh, generally speaking, they, I've always heard that a buck's home range is about a square mile. And so when yeah. you got, if you got a thousand acres and it's all wooded, I mean, that's, it's hard to, and, and that one square mile, might even if you do got a thousand acres, that one square mile, you might only have half of that 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 buck lives on so yeah i mean you could have you could put 10 trail cameras out and that's one camera per 100 acres and and never see that deer until one day you're sitting in the stand and he just walks yeah, by yeah um so. but yeah about your about your buck that you're after uh um, yeah he uh yeah. do you know kind of you kind of have a game plan for him as to what you're going to do I do have a game plan. I have a stand hung for one one for a couple of different winds, and I put a ground blind up for some for some other winds. But let me I'll tell you something that we'll get we'll get to it in a second that really kind of made me change my mind about the ground blind, but it's kind of too late. But um, so anyway, I have um, there's only there's really only one wind that I cannot hunt this deer on, and that's the east wind. And right now opening weekend they're calling for an east wind um actually i think it was east southeast and i hope it changes because the wind changes so much uh in georgia but the that's what I'm, I'm i cannot hunt that deer on the east wind if it's if it's gonna be straight southeast like if it doesn't if it's not gonna change i still don't know if i'll try him because that's kind of pushing it so um, as bad as I, I want to get up in there and I want to go hunt that, I just want to go hunt that deer and I'm, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and it'll just maybe when I'm in there, it'll just be a Southeast wind all the time and it won't go East. Then maybe, you know, I would, but I, I don't want to chance anything with this deer because I'm, I, I got a feeling I'm only going to get one crack at him. So I'm really, really, really going to try to play the wind on him. Um, just to be safe. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of wind and scent, we had a uh, question, and not necessarily maybe a question, but uh, Carson Dempsey. He actually yeah. mentioned actually mentioned you, and we just actually saw it right before we were about to start the podcast. So it was, it was oh awesome. yeah, yeah on yeah, Instagram, yeah. and yep. uh, so I guess we can uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I can. I was going to say, I'll give my two cents about what I think about wind um, and hunting it. The the only complication for me when hunting the wind is 
if you've got, say you got a big a deer that you're getting pictures of, and you're trying to figure out what wind you need to hunt, of course you're gonna, you know, you see him coming from a certain direction, and so you automatically you're gonna assume, okay, well he's coming from here, so I need to hunt a north wind or south or whatever it may be. Um, the one thing that throws throws you for a loop is if you've got if you've got him coming in all the time i would say the best thing to do is not necessarily focus so much on that camera that you're getting him at where your stand is you you would probably be better off using that camera and then try to go out further maybe 100 200 yards maybe even 300 yards in somewhat of a semicircle of the direction that he's coming from and then put out cameras and try to get more pictures of him that way. Cause, cause when he gets to you, yeah, he's coming from the South, but yeah, you know, 30 minutes before he gets there, he could be coming. You never know. He could be coming from the North. So, yeah. And I oh, don't yeah. know. I'm no, I'm no scientist or deer biologist, but I don't, I don't know how far deer can smell, but I know it's pretty, it's a long, it's, it's far enough away to be worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I heard you had, um, Steve, what was, what was Steve that you did the podcast with recently? Oh yeah. He, he was, he was extremely smart on deer. He's been hunting deer a lot longer than oh, we yeah. have, and he's killed a lot bigger deer than yeah. we have. And, and he mentioned something that if you're if you're getting a deer like that on camera every day, I think he said he would bet a paycheck that deer's within 300 yards yeah. of the camera. So I pretty much know, because I mean, you and I had talked about that when we went and checked this camera one time about placing it to get it try to try to get it down further to see where he's coming from. And my only thing with that was my biggest fear is I go in there to. to put whatever out to feed that deer and i see him that's my number one goal is i pay attention to my trail cam pictures there's usually when i when i check a camera with the way i've been running i run the browning i run browning cameras they take awesome pictures i have been i save a couple of pictures of them that i think look really good you know but most of the time i save the pictures of when he comes in and when he leaves. Yeah. Because I want to see where, which direction he's coming in from and which direction he's leaving in. So, um, actually, here, I've, I've gathered so much data on that already with getting so many pictures of him. I've, I've actually set my cameras back. But I will set my cameras on, like, a three-shot standard or a three-shot burst mode. So... And I, and I tell you how it changes. When that deer is there and he goes to walk off, I get three shots of him leaving. And then I'll set it on uh, the the interval will be about 20 to 30 seconds because I want to see. I don't want to take three pictures and then miss wherever he goes. I want to be able to see where the deer goes when he leaves. Um, well, here recently, right before um, last week, I think, I just had so many pictures of him and, and I've almost got him – nailed down the when it where he comes where he comes from a couple places that he comes in from and then a couple places that he goes when he leaves um i set the camera just to one picture and this is this goes 
I set it to one pitcher where it only took one, just uh, no, no multiple shots, just one can, one pitcher. And then I set the, um, I set the interval to one minute. Still had two thousand pitchers in five days. Um, so my cards are filling up really quick. So I just figured that you know I just um, we're just long as I now I just need to know that he keeps coming in here because nine times out of ten this is when he comes in he comes out right by this bush and when he leaves he or he comes in from the the west and then when he leaves he leaves to the west or he leaves to the north or blah 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 whatever. Um, so that that's a good thing to to try and remember if try to focus on. I mean, the pictures of the deer, you know, in front of the camera, they're great, but there's more data in there that you need to gather if you really want to figure them out. And that's when he comes in, where's he coming in from? Where does he go when he leaves? And I know that this deer goes, when he comes in, he comes from the same spot nine times out of 10. When he leaves, he goes back to that spot nine times out of 10. So I feel like he's really, really in there tight. I mean, like I said, within... I'd say if he's over 200 yards, I would be surprised, very surprised that deer's 200 yeah, yards. Yeah, um, they, they can, I mean, they can surprise you, but most of the time, especially in the summertime, and if you're getting pictures in September, early September, yeah. if you're getting if you're getting yeah. daylights of him, then he's probably, I, I'm going to say he's probably within 200, may, no more yeah. than 300 yards. Um. And and that deer starting out had a huge. I mean, the pictures I made, I mapped out a huge circle from the spots he was sitting, and he is um he has really really cut that down to. I mean, I probably half of what it was, if not less than half of what he was. Doing yeah. At the beginning, in July, when I started getting pictures of him. Yeah, I I I actually was hunting a buck a couple years ago. Unfortunately, I was not able to take the deer, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, SD. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he was a big one. He was... Uh, he ended up getting shot by one of the neighbors, by a neighboring property, and uh, he ended up scoring 180 inches. But I wasn't... I was, I was upset that I didn't kill him, but... I was still glad for the guy that did shoot him. And, I mean, I was glad that at least somebody was able to shoot him. And I mean, because yeah. more times than not, you always hear people or of a big deer getting killed. And most times it's because they got run over or they just disappeared and you never knew what happened to them. But, but this deer, man, he, he was the same way. He, he and, and I had him. He was coming in every single day, summertime. I mean, he was there at all different times of the day. I'd have him at 2 o'clock every single hour from 2 o'clock to dark. And But once I actually hunted him and then got on him, he I saw him one time, and it just didn't happen. He came in, got closed, didn't have a shot on him, and uh, he ended up leaving, but the next year i started getting some pictures of him and then but once it got november he just he disappeared but they they will change once it hits november oh yeah um no doubt but yeah he was he was a hey, stud 
Yeah, he was a giant. Um, and and you know that that's just out of your control. But when you hunt, when when you're in Georgia and you don't have two thousand acres to hunt, which a lot of people don't. I mean, that's just something. It, it's gonna happen eventually. I had a deer last year that was a stud eight point two two and a half year old deer, just potential to be a a monster. I mean, he was gonna be crazy. I was so excited for what he was gonna look like this year, and he got shot. And it just happens. Um, anyway, if we can we can get back on the scent control thing. Um, my we kind of kind of wandered off. I tend yeah, to do that. I tend to do that. But anyway, so. Like right now, in preparation for opening opening day, let's I'll go with you. Kind of through what I've done, so I have a scent crusher bag, duffel bag, and I have a scent crusher tote. Actually, my scent crusher tote it and a scent crusher tote it's the tote from Walmart with a red handle. It is like identical to the one they use. I drilled a hole in it. Sorry, y'all. That was my that was my daughter. I drilled a hole in it. And mounted my scent crusher uh, generator from my from my duffel bag to the side of the box, and I took all my heavy stuff that I know I'm not going to use because you when you when you run the ozone stuff, you want your you don't want your clothing to be packed in there as tight as possible because that ozone needs to get to it in order to kill those molecules. So what I'll do before opening day is I'll take everything that I have in that box and I'll wash it um, inside. I wash it in the washing machine with some scent killer, whatever, scent control detergent. Um, once I get it out, I take it straight out of there and go straight to the box. And I usually don't let my wife touch it. I usually take it out of the dryer and put it in there because I don't want whatever she had on her hands to, <laughs> to smell it, some, some perfume or something <clears throat> to make it smell. So usually I'll, I'll wash my hands in, in some Cinnaway soap or something and I'll load it all in the box, put it in there. Cut the generator on, let it sit, go back day before the night before I go hunting, I run it. I come in here in the morning, put on very minimal clothes. I get in the truck and I man, I'm like just hardcore. I'm not hardcore. I'm just I just have trouble killing deer, so I just need every advantage I can think of. So paranoid is a better word. Yeah, I'm paranoid. <laughs> there we go. That's a good word. So I put all my stuff in the truck and I'll have my ozone, my auto, the auto <clears throat> ozone uh, scent crusher that you can plug into the into the truck. I have it running, and I'll run it all the way to the stand. I get out, get dressed, straight to the stand, um, ground blind stand, whatever the wind is, and I try to try to focus most of the winds that I can hunt stands on when I hang them. I try to make sure I can come in downwind of the stand. Some stands I have hung on 65 acres that are in great spots, and that's just not possible. I just I walk in there, and and this it is you know it is what it is. And one in particular, I, you I have to hunt it, and the wind that I have to approach it from is on the upwind side. And but I've had very good successes foreign seeing deer out of that stand. So, um, but I do try to hang my stands where I can approach them from the downwind side and and slip in there and in the dark, in the dark, dark, dark. I mean. And, and one of the properties I hunt is right beside the Pine Mountain Wild Animal Safari. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but, dude, let me tell you, you ain't never been scared until you're walking through the woods in the pitch black dark and that line over there lets loose. <laughs> it will make your skin crawl. But the worst thing to hear is the hyenas when they laugh. 
It's so loud. And it, man, it's just, it's, it's just freaky. If I'm in a stand or I'm in the blind and I'm sitting there in dark, I'm 100% fine. But walking in there, I'm fine in the dark. But when that line or them hyenas let loose over there, it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is. That will, that'll, that'll make you jump we, out of your pants. We've hunted over there before and, uh, during turkey season, turkey hunting and, the lion go to roaring and stuff and make a turkey go. oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i we killed i killed a bird on film i self-filmed over the over uh close to there where um the bird just gobbled his head off and the lion roared and he gobbled at him and you can actually hear it it's on and it's on one of our youtube videos um but but anyway the the scent control i i'm i'm hard i'm i think i'm hardcore more than most people around here and and usually when i tell people what i'll go all i go through their number one reaction is yeah you ain't got to do that you know i killed them i killed them you know i smoked a cigarette and sitting in the stand in a in a t-shirt and they're a sweatshirt and blue jeans and and all that's good if if they could say that deer, when he came out, he was straight downwind, and that's what I had on. That's what I was doing, and that's what, and I shot him. And he was straight downwind, and he never even missed a lick. Most of the deer, in my mind, when people tell me that story, most of those deer that are killed like that are not on the downwind side because if they were, that probably would have never happened. Yeah. But, but when the rut's in and the deer are chasing does, that's a different story because a lot of times – those bucks will it's, talk about the wind. They just throw caution to the wind, and they don't care what they smell. They got one thing on their mind, and that's catching up with that doe. So um, I, I really, really, honestly, my my deer, as far as seeing deer, since I've started going through all these channels and doing everything, and, and it's a job. It's a chore. It's a chore to do all this. Don't get me wrong. And depending on how hardcore you want to get, it can cost a lot of money, but my success has increased 150%, especially seeing deer. Like I see so many more deer now that I've got started going through all these channels and, and following this regimen that I go through and trying to hunt the wind in Georgia, trying to hunt the wind in Georgia because it is tough and the wind switches. And sometimes, you know, you just, you're just you're fighting a losing battle it's uphill because you can't read a wind switch if you're in there on a hill and the wind swirls and that's just what the wind does on that hill or in that bottom it's gonna swirl but try to find those spots where the wind is 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 consistent and hunt those spots that you can get a consistent wind in and try to cut down on the scent you know you can't be 100 percent scent free but try to cut down on as 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 it as much as possible and I, I mean, I would be willing to say, I guarantee you, you'll see more deer. Guarantee you that you will see more deer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not as, I'm not as hardcore as you are, but I do agree with you. Um, and it's, it's tough, and sometimes there, man, there's so many times I go, I get ready to go out there, and I'm just like, I don't feel like taking a shower and going hunting and coming back and taking another shower in the morning, but. But I do it, and and I, I make myself do it. It's like getting up and going to the gym. Um, I've been doing that a lot lately, last three months, and I don't I don't want to wake up in the morning at four thirty and go to the gym before work. I don't want to, but I make myself do it, and that's because I want to be in shape. So 
I want to have a better crack at shooting, seeing seeing more deer, killing more deer, better success. So I make myself follow my scent control stuff to a T. Um, and like I said, it in in turn it has made me a lot more successful than I have been in the past years. Yeah. So one thing I want to hit on is last year when we hunted and Shorty B came in, um, myself and Seth Hamer went a ground blind in the first week of September, two pretty big boys. It was 90 degrees outside and I bet it was 110 in that ground blind. And we were sweating profusely because it was so hot. Well, my wife bought this little handheld rechargeable fan runs off a lithium battery off of Amazon. And I mean, it, it's, I'm looking, I'm actually looking at it right now. It's as big as, mm, I don't know. It's probably six inches in diameter, five or six inches in diameter has three different speeds on it. Beginning of the year for you guys hunting in ground blinds that are struggling with sweating really bad or anybody, cause everybody sweats. If it don't matter how big you are, Georgia bow season, first weekend, second weekend, really the first month yeah. <laughs> or more, you're going to sweat. Sometimes you're hot. sweating in November and December. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ain't no doubt. This dude, this fan is a game changer because I take it in there. When I get everything set up and I'm starting to sweat or whatever, I cut this fan on and I just, man, I blow it on, let it run on my arms or blow on my face or I'll just set it up down in the bottom of the ground blind and just let that sucker blow. And it's really, really quiet. Um, I've had it on when deer came in there before and they never even batted an eye. So that, that, that is something good. Um, just make sure if the fan's blowing, you don't have it blowing, you know, out the window where it's just blowing your scent out there, just dispersing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but usually I just sit in front of me and blow it in the ground. But man, that is a game changer, dude. It is just set awesome. it, set it in front of, set it in the direction that the wind's blowing. So it's blowing down wind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the best thing to do. <laughs> And, and yeah, so, um, but, but it has been, man, I started taking it last year after that, after that, and this, oh man, it was just awesome. And it'll be, it'll be in my pack every day that I'm going to hunt that ground blind this year. I guarantee you take it in a deer stand too. It's, it, you get hot climbing up a deer stand and work your sweat. Yeah, I might need to, I might need to get me one of them. Oh man, dude, it's awesome. I mean, it is absolutely awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. Um, so, but you know, I just I'm really, really looking forward to getting out there and, and hunting Shorty B and and the deer that he's with. Yes, man, he's actually he's not bad. I think he's just a three and a half year old. Um, Shorty B, I think, is a four and a half year old. Which um, I'm, I'm try I try to be. I try not to be realistic with my scent stuff and I go over the top with it, but I try to be realistic in the deer that I pick out to shoot. And in all reality, I, I'm glad, I'm really glad I didn't kill Shorty B last year because of what he has went into this year. Um, but I probably, if I, if I'd have shot a bunch of Pope and young deer with my bow or whatever, three you know a couple of pope and young deer before him on bow i probably would have saw him last year and be like ah, i'm not gonna shoot at him he needs one more year but um i've killed some good deer 
killed killed some nice deer with my bow, but nothing, no giants. So if I'm really hoping, I'm praying, saying a prayer that I can get on Shorty B, and we can we can end this end this two year story about Shorty B on Strut South TV. End the saga. It'll be man if you if you get him if you get him, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be one heck of a story just because of. Oh yeah. Just just from just because of the hunt from last year of you actually hitting yeah. him and not killing him and now he's back. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, the the other thing I'm worried about is is really 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 want to get this deer killed on in front of the camera. Um, I got a I got a new camera and stuff this year and I'm just really fired up about using it. Um, so. I can I can almost guarantee you I, I would no I'm not gonna jinx it. I just really hope it's on camera. <laughs> I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure if I shoot this deer, it's on camera. But my thing is I don't I really don't like people to hunt with me <laughs> because I, I like I like to hunt I like to hunt with people and and talking you know sitting in the ground blind and having that conversation and conversing and you know seeing the deer and having two sets of eyes and all that stuff is awesome. And it's fun, and I love it, and but I I just I don't I don't trust anybody to to take scent control like I take scent control, and it's just hard for me to to take a cameraman with me. Par- I do it though. Paranoid. I do it though. <laughs> yeah, paranoid. That's exactly Ooh, what it is. Yeah, that's. No, I hope you can kill him though. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome if you do. But no, I was gonna say. I mean. Yeah. I was thinking about this. We were sitting, you were sitting there talking about, you know, size of the deer and passing the deer and letting him go another year. I mean, I, one thing I always try to keep reiterating is that we don't, I mean, we just want to kill mature bucks. We're not, we're not trying to portray that, you know, we're going to go out and we only are going to kill the deer that's this many inches. And uh, I mean, oh, yeah. Any of any of you listeners out there, if y'all, whatever y'all want to kill and hunt, didn't didn't do it. If it's legal, I don't care if it's a spike. You, I mean, if it if it tickles your pickle, then do it. I mean, yeah. If you if you're listening, if you're listening to Strut South TV, or you're waiting for us to a video for of us to come out of us holding 170 inch deer, and we talk about all the 140 inch deer we let walk. You might as well just write us off because you ain't never yeah, gonna hear about that. I, I, I don't because uh, we we ain't. I mean, we're just mature deer. I'm, I mean, mature deer and everybody else's mind is different. In my mind, four that deer is four and a half year. If he's a big three, if that deer is a big three and a half year old, he gonna get shot yeah. at. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I and I know a lot of people. Oh, you ain't never gonna have a hundred and seventy inch deer if you shoot on the hundred and forty inch deer. Well, I just ain't gonna have no hundred and seventy inch deer because I don't think at any point in my life will I ever let a hundred and thirty or hundred and forty inch deer yeah, walk. I mean, I won't let. I probably wouldn't let a hundred twenty inch deer walk since we're <laughs> since we're being honest. Uh, since since I we're mean, being I, honest, I, I've never shot. I I don't think I've ever shot a 120, 130 inch deer. I I may let a 120 walk, but I know for a fact that I am a long way away from letting a 140 yeah. inch deer walk. Oh yeah, 
And I would probably let a 120-inch deer walk into an opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you, I tell you, we. It's. I mean, it's looking pretty good though. But for for us, I mean, we got deer. We got some pretty good bucks. Me and uh, I. I don't. I think the main reason I like doing this podcast because I can talk to people that's that's got deer and got a chance to kill some big deer. Because I don't. I ain't got no deer hey, right now. Hey, <laughs> man, I got. I have. I have two tracks that I hunt mainly one of them is 65 acres and one of them is 50 acres. So y'all don't think that, that we're hunting on a bunch of land either. Um, one, the one, the 50 acre track, I have a ton of deer. I mean, I'm getting pictures and there's, I got deer coming out my ears over there. They're two and a half year old eight pointers. I have five bucks that show up on the camera of there regularly. Every one of them is a two and a half year old eight pointer. Yeah. Every one of them. Um, and a spike does man i got to shoot some does over this year because i they just they're that that place just ate up with those but and they're in the rut i do i start seeing some good deer over there then then bigger deer will come over there but they don't hang out on that place like they do um like like you would think they would because all them does there they just disperse those does and um i'm so you know it's I just I do what I can, and luckily this year, um, Shorty B is is a stud, and he's living there, and really got a good chance. Hey, before before we hang up on this, one thing I want to hit on because I, I meant I said we talk about it earlier in the podcast, and we didn't. We're on about forty five minutes, so I need to wrap this up. I'm hungry. <laughs> um, I put a ground blind in. After Shorty B started coming in, I put a ground blind in at this spot so I could hunt it on some different winds. Brushed it in what I thought was decent. First night, I mean, I'm in there sweating, brushing this ground blind in, put it up, brushed it in all by myself. Got got uh, old Chomp City, my American bully. He's out there running around, sniffing, um, crapping on logs and stuff while we're out there. And Deer comes in the first night and the first first evening i was getting him a lot more in the afternoon in the daylight and i'm pretty sure this had something to do with it i don't know why he would have done this but i was getting him a lot in the afternoon on the daylight so i kind of made a plan to start hunting him so i go in there and i put this ground blind up about 25 yards away brushing in real good last year i shot this deer out of a ground blind the arrow he he ducked he jumped the stream but turned and the arrow hit him in the neck so this year he comes in after I put, and the first thing he does is he walks right in front of the camera and he puts a dead bead on that ground blind and he stands there and he looks at it. Camera takes some pictures and he's still looking at it and he leaves. He comes back right after dark, right after it got dark, he came back. So what it, then the next morning he shows up right before dark. And he stays on in to the morning hours where I'd have enough. If if need be, there was enough shooting light to to let him to be able to shoot him in the mornings. I don't want to shoot him in the mornings because I don't want to go in there that early and bust deer out of that area because it's so close to a bedding area. So, but I will. <laughs> if he keep he keeps he keeps on doing what he's doing. I will. But that ground blind changed that deer's. Don't know that it changes pattern as much as 
like it, his his movement pattern is the same as far as he's going from here to here, but it did change his times, I think. Um, but I put it out, I think, early enough where I'm kind of seeing him. I had pictures of him the last card pool. I had pictures of him and Yes Man showing up a little bit, a little bit before dark. So I think he's getting used to it, but that's something to keep in mind when you throw something out of the ordinary. That deer come, that deer came to that. He's coming to that spot every day, and. I don't think it's necessarily that I shot the deer out of the ground blind was the problem. The problem was I threw something into his line of sight with the ground blind that he knew wasn't there. Even though it looks like a bush, he knows he's been coming there and that bush has not been there. And now it's there. Um, so it, it changed up his pattern. So if you go in somewhere and you got a deer coming in and you run in there and you throw a ground blind up, Make sure that thing is brushed in really good and make sure you give that deer time to get used to that grant to that that different object that's now in his in his everyday life. It's not in your life every day. It's in his life every day. He's coming to there. And I think a lot of guys will go in there and they'll throw up a ground blind or something there. They'll throw up a ladder stand, which I don't use ladder stands. I have one that I hunt out of and a, and it calls for a certain wind, and it rarely blows that way. And I hunt out of it every now and then. When you throw up a ladder stand or a ground blind, and that deer comes in there and he sees that out of the ordinary stuff, he's like, hey, that was not there yesterday. It's there today. I don't like it. Going to have to give that deer time to get used to that stuff. So I wanted to make that a factor that 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 really threw him off when he came in there. It really threw the, that buck off that that ground blind was there then and it wasn't there the day before um that's just that just goes to show deer deer pay a lot more attention to stuff than what we think they do especially as a buck gets yeah older. oh yeah i definitely agree i mean you, you I, so, and and i even told like we said it earlier i did that podcast with steve stoltz and we even talked kind of about that we touched on it and you gotta you, you almost have to look at it you gotta look at deer just like you do with with in your everyday life. I mean, deer deer are just oh, like yeah. people, in my opinion. They are way more like people yep. than what most time what we think they are. And this that's yeah. that's what Steve said. You know, if you walk in your house and you see the cookie jars tipped over, you're gonna know it. Yeah. Oh yeah. They live there. We just hunt there. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not in there. We don't. Yeah, that's that ain't our house. That's his house. And if you. You you throw something off and you throw some dirty clothes in the floor, that deer is gonna know yep. something's up, and eventually he's gonna get used to it and he he will calm down more. and And last year when I shot Shorty B, the ground blind had only been there like three days, and he still wasn't used to it. When he came in there, he was nervous, um, and I could tell he was nervous. But I be all honest with you, I was as nervous as he was, so I couldn't stop. But this year, you know, I'm hoping that he comes in and he's had plenty enough time to get used to it and i see his pattern starting to kind of go back where he's starting to feel more comfortable coming back in more in the, in the daylight hours more and more and more so hoping he gets used to it and we can i can make it happen fired up excited yeah, I'm pretty i'm ready i'm we got we got just a few more days and we'll be at it i'll be hunting with philip we're gonna try to get that big deer he's got yeah that's a yeah. really big deer phil's got on camera hopefully y'all can lay that down on camera also it'd be a good way to start out for strut south tv to have two big two really good that's deer right. on camera that's right well 
I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And yeah. uh, man, it was yeah. good having you on and talking with you. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and give out it. some updates, uh, guys. If y'all want, look, go on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're uh, we're even on uh, what is the name of it? Twitter. That's right. I don't. Yeah, we're yeah. on. We're yeah, on. The I don't. Twitter. I don't. I don't do a whole lot with Twitter. I think Peyton kind of yeah. kind of oversees yeah. the Twitter. Peyton, Peyton's Peyton's a Twitter master. Um, I don't. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what. Yeah. Start yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really do a whole lot with Twitter. But we're 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 all out there. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Y'all go check us out. Um, like all like our page. Um, get on the. What are we on Anchor? It's an app you can download. To listen to podcasts, you can get on there. We're on iTunes, Sound, uh, not SoundCloud. We're about to be on SoundCloud. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can go to all those platforms, whichever one you like. Subscribe to them. And send us in your questions. If you got anything you want us to talk about, go to go to our Facebook or go to our Instagram and send us a message. And, and if you want to be on an episode, send us a message. We'll talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah we don't we yeah, this isn't I'm we we ain't nobody yeah. famous or popular and you know my my advice may be no good, we, but that's just we, that's how I do it. But I mean, any, anybody we we'll talk to anybody and put it on the episode. We got we got some stuff that that are kind of in the works too. So we're um working on we got a guy I need to talk to him um, hunts. Uh, upstate new york and stuff and he's man this is the coolest thing you ever saw he rides his horse he he's killed really some really good deer up there off the back of his horse yeah. with a bow yeah like it's crazy yeah. so we're, we're gonna try to get him on and let us we just you know any any anytime anybody's interested man, yeah because we want to we want to hear we want to hear how everybody hunts we we want to because any oh, yeah. any knowledge is better than none so yeah, there, there's no 100% set in stone yeah. right way to hunt. So if y'all, you know, what I say is what I do, and somebody else kills a lot bigger deer than me and what they than doing what they do. So, you know, yep. However y'all well, want to play it. All right, Justin. I guess we'll right. fade it to the black. Well, that's what they say in the movies, ain't it? Fade it. Yep. <laughs> fade it to the black. Peace up. Peace up. L Town down. <laughs>